There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Strength Network. This is Tom coming to you from the Outpost Houston Outpost. And we have more news. We have a couple of things going on. One, the schedules are out, which we'll center our attention on during this podcast. But we also uh, have rookie minicamp. The news is this. We know all the teams that the Steelers are going to emasculate and beat into a fleshy pulp this year. Well, I guess we already knew those teams, but now we know the order in which the Steelmen are going to destroy all the other teams. So that's awesome. Yep, rookie minicamp. Pretty surreal. There, We could just touch on that real quick before we get into the meat of the episode, which is the schedule, which truly is one of the funnest moments of the year, the schedule release. I always laugh at the hacks who every year come out and say, why does this? Why is this such a big deal? Like, Why do you keep saying the same thing every year when everybody talks about it constantly? Maybe you should examine the question you're asking instead of repeatedly asking it. The reason why it's such a big deal is because it's fun. It's just quick newsflash. None of us are on the team yet. None of us are on the team. You're not on the team, hacky complainer who doesn't like when the schedule comes out. It's called an imagination. And I don't know if these people have one or not, but I believe Big Cat put it best on part of my take. But like, you just get to imagine the season. You get to think of what's going to happen, and that's fun. So I don't know what we're talking about here. Secondarily... We say this every year at this time. Yes, you can tell a lot about a team's season by their schedule. Uh, this binary analysis occurs with draft nicks as well. When I, I talked about this on the podcast last week, when you hear the phrase, the draft is a total crapshoot. You have no idea who's going to be good. Okay, well, that I understand that there are circumstances that lead to players being good or bad, but are you telling me... we? We were absolutely shocked that Andrew Luck turned into a great quarterback. I know we drafted him number one because he's bigger, stronger, faster, and smarter than every other player who's ever come out of his position, so there's a pretty good reason to believe he'd be a good pro. Um, but it truly is shocking. It's just a crapshoot. You never know that you should draft Miles Garrett number one and he's going to be a good player. Like, like, yes, you do know to a certain extent, and the same thing is true for the schedule. The odds are... If you play teams with great quarterbacks, those are going to be hard games. If you find a particular amount of road trips stacked one after another, or if you see that your team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, is one of two teams that has multiple Thursday night games in one season, you realize generally it's hard to win when you get a short week of rest. So those things will affect you. Can we tell you exactly what's going to happen? No. The Steelers played the Packers, not the last time, but I believe the prior two, and and Aaron Rodgers was was injured for both of those games. Speaking of Andrew Luck, he was injured against the Colts. So when you looked at your schedule in the preseason, you saw the Colts, and you thought, oh, crap, this is going to be tough. Turns out it was one of the easiest games of all time, right? So I understand that you can't tell everything about the schedule from the release, but you certainly can tell 
a certain amount of things. You can definitely learn a lot from how the teams start the year. So have I convinced you, Dad? It's exciting. I think that's brilliant. That that helps because I don't want to have to explain my hobby to people. And I like the way uh, yeah. you or Big Cat characterize it. It's gives you a, a more tangible, something concrete to hit off when you imagine the upcoming Super Bowl season. Precisely. So just real quick to touch back on the rookie minicamp thing. That's another thing that I'd categorize as it's just cool. You get to see them in their jerseys. I feel like the Steelers, the incoming freshman class here, they all picked great numbers, classic numbers. I've said on the podcast before that while I love single-digit numbers and they look awesome in high school and college, I don't like them in the pros. It's weird. It just doesn't sit right. I don't know if it's part of the um, – if it's just because we're so accustomed to it or because some of the NFL uniforms are a little bit like busier with stripes and, and numbers and fonts and stuff like that. So maybe it just looks odd or maybe it's just the fact that these are the freaks of the freaks and your body ratio to number size ratio needs to be more precise. I don't know what it is, but long story short, I'm glad that Joey Porter Jr., I don't know if we're going to call him JJ or not. They're really trying to push that very hard. That's going to be very difficult for us, Yinzers and honorary Yinzers. But him wearing 24 because of Uncle Ike Taylor is one of the coolest things of all time. There are no other NFL teams who have stuff like this going on. And let me tell you, he looks damn good in it. So... Insane seeing Joey Porter Jr. out there, and he talked about how he had a moment before he walked out onto the practice field for the first time where he truly finally felt the surreality of the situation of not only being drafted to the Steelers, but going to play for the Steelers. He said once he got dressed at his locker and he stood at his locker, that's kind of when it all hit him. Like, oh my God, oh my gosh, this thing is wild. This is wild. So liked hearing that from, from little Joseph. And uh, excited to see these guys get on the field. And they are going to get on, on the field in, in glorious and unconventional fashion when week one rolls around. You've had a chance to look at the schedule. Noting yep. that the Steelers are opening at home for the first time in how many years? I want to say nine. I'm going to check it while you're, while you're giving your uh, breakdown yeah, there. Yeah, it could be eight or nine. So... Another thing that's useful about looking at the schedule is looking at sort of the clumps of four uh, when you can pretty much divide the schedule into four quarters. Obviously, there's an extra game now. But the first four games are very critical because we know you can end the season. You can turn things around like the Steelers did last year, ending the year seven and two after looking like the worst just sports team, period in the history of organized professional athletics in the first half of the season. But you definitely can ride some momentum at the beginning of the year, and, and it's helpful to get the tenor of, of a team's season down. Um, but then again, even then, the Steelers were the worst 11-0 team of all time a couple years ago, and they stacked some wins out of the gate, and we all kind of knew it was fool's gold. But regardless, first four games. Number one, San Francisco 49ers, perhaps the most talented team in the NFL, come to Pittsburgh to play an AFC-NFC clash in the first week, which is so bizarre given the fact that in week two, the Steelers play the Cleveland Browns at home. Now, that feels like the opening day game. I feel like the Steelers are always playing the Browns. But the first four games are versus San Francisco 49ers versus the Browns. Then they go to Las Vegas, which we know Steelers trips out to play the Raiders have been horrific 
in past years. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember off the top of my head what's happened in Las Vegas. Um, particularly, I know that Derek Carr beat them on a buzzer beater within the past few years there, but they go to Las Vegas and then they oh, come to uh, Houston where maybe I'll see some of you out there at that game. Um, I have big thoughts about the first game, the 49ers. So I think that the best teams in the NFL, there's a top four and then a clear drop off, even though, of course, any people in the second tier could end up beating the first tier. But the 49ers and the Eagles have the most overwhelmingly talented rosters, where those teams have multiple all pros on offense and on defense. They got guys in the prime of their careers when you're talking about possibly two of the top five receivers. You know, you got Debo Samuel on one team, you got AJ Brown. So they have everything. Both of these teams have incredible offensive and defensive lines with um, San Francisco having marquee pass rushers. They obviously got Nick Bosa, arguably the best edge rusher in the league, not named TJ Watt. So the talent level is obscene. Add to that onto the fact that uh, Kyle Shanahan is the coach for the Niners, the best play caller in the NFL. Arguably, to me, one of the, could be the best play caller in NFL history, given the quarterbacks he's worked with. So this is a, a behemoth that the Steelers are facing in the first game. And I don't think that it could come at a better time. I think that, hey, you're going to have to play the Niners. Week one is the time to do it. Steelers beat the Bengals, who I would say would be one of the other top four teams. They beat them in week one last year. They beat the Bills the year before that. I don't consider the Bills one of the top teams, and I never have. I've always considered them slightly below it because I think they're more like the Packers of the past few eras where, well, yeah, you have Josh Allen, but then when you look through the rest of the roster, there's not an elite player on there. Okay, Diggs, fine, but that's it, and it's not like it's Jamar Chase. So all that is to say, number one, the Steelers have fared well against behemoths in week one when they have the element of surprise. Number two, the they don't have to go to California to play them. That's massive. Number three, I bet you Sam Darnold is going to be starting for the 49ers. And there's been a lot of trash talk about him, but I just, I truly think the public has a lot of difficulty separating quarterback wins from their, you know, actual team. And I don't think people realize how bad Jimmy G is. Uh, uh, Darnold could be a really good quarterback for them, but in his first game and it being all the way across the country, that could be a little bit tricky. So I know I'm spending a lot of time on this first game, but that is kind of the way I like to do it. And it's a really intriguing matchup to me where I do think that the actual schedule plays a big part in the outcome of the game. Also, given the fact that, you know, hopefully knock on wood for both teams, we can predict that the rosters will be pretty healthy. So you have a little bit more to, to work with. So the Steelers starting with that, that's a great thing. Then they go to the Cleveland Browns. I'm in the camp of being very worried that Deshaun Watson is going to return to form, which to me puts him in the same category just below Mahomes with Burrow and Allen. He's an unstoppable player. We saw what he did against the Steelers last year with all the turnovers, but his ability to avoid sacks was uh, disturbing. But once again, pass games can take a little while to gel, so good thing the Steelers are playing them at that point. The Raiders, let's just hope this... That we know the history there. The Steelers should crush them. I, don't, I do not. That is, not that is an inferior team, and so are the Texans. So... When you look at the first four games, the, if, if Deshaun Watson returns to form for the Browns, that's a dangerous team who you might actually put over the Steelers in terms of talent level. But I think where they stand at week two, the Steelers are already a better team than them. And I'm not saying the, the Browns definitely will be, but Steelers are a better team 
Not than the Niners, but definitely than the Browns, Raiders, and Texans. And then you go play Baltimore, and we know that's a coin flip. So I think that that's pretty interesting. That's a fortuitous way to start the year. If you have to play the Niners, I'd rather play them at that point. Element of surprise in our home stadium? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Element of surprise. Because the passing game in Pittsburgh could not get worse than it was last year, even on the 7-2 winning streak. So you do have the opportunity to... Uh, have Kyle Shanahan, who's going to have a new defensive coordinator with D'Amico Ryan's leaving. They're going to be looking at film of last year, and they're going to say, well, the Steelers don't actually have a forward pass in their playbook, so we're not exactly sure with how they want to exploit us. So it's as much of an uh, of an advantage that you're ever going to get. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan, he's out outrageous, and he will have many ways to run the ball in the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers beat them last time. They got like five turnovers in Minka's first game, but the Niners marched up and down the field at will. I mean, they're going to do that to almost anybody. But yeah, element of surprise is actually helpful for the Steelers there. I think it's the unappreciated genius of Matt Canada. Truly. It's a two-year plan. Don't show him anything the first year. One of the things we always okay. talk about is how many West Coast trips I just counted through here. So we don't have too many. There are like three if you count Vegas. I guess I'd count that as a West Coast yeah, trip. Yeah, for sure the Rams and Seattle. So that's a, that's a point in the Steelers favor. I would imagine. Absolutely. So we could go through every freaking game on here and I'd have fun doing it, but but that is pointless. I I would definitely agree with naysayers of schedule watching as you get further into the, to the schedule. There's, there's a lot of variables that uh, come together. Like are the Jacksonville Jaguars in the middle of the year, they have a chance to be a behemoth. I don't think people realize how, talented they are, but some of those travel and timing dynamics, like you mentioned with West Coast trips, those are really big. And I mentioned it at the top of the show, but man, two Thursday night games, that sucks. That's messed up. You know, we saw the Steelers play like three games in 11 days one time. What happened after that? They completely fell apart and lost every single game, and they lost every game by like 30. It was bad. So there are quirks in the NFL schedule, and we are all going to cry and whine and yell and scream about it and how it's unfair and it's not going to change. But guess what? Unfortunately, it is unfair. It's tough. It's going to have an impact on you. And I know I have this conversation with P. Butch, cousin P. Butch, our resident Jets fan, all the time because obviously he's over the moon about getting Aaron Rodgers. But what's happened to Pat is he went from not caring about what happens with the Jets because there was no – I mean, he's dialed in, but – it's futile. They know that they can't. They can only be so good. And uh, last year they start off like six and one, and he's just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And of course, everyone gets injured, and it does drop, and they lose almost every game. But now he's Super Bowl or bust. And so instead of being excited to see Rogers play, he's just nervous <laughs> that they're not going to be as good. I'm like, man, enjoy it. It's fun watching teams that can throw the ball forward. But what I've also told him because he's worried about the AFC being historically competitive, which it truly is. It, it's outrageous. But I, I do have sort of the, the mindset of, eh, whatever. Like, if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you're going to win it. You're, these teams are going to eat you alive in the AFC. They're going to eat the other teams alive. But at the same time, we cannot deny these schedule quirks are massive. Patriots don't make it to nine Super Bowls or whatever it is if they didn't play in – probably historically the worst division of all time. I mean, there wasn't a single year where they had 
even like a top half of the league starting quarterback to battle against in Buffalo, Miami, and New York. So the schedule really does help that way, and that will be a huge challenge for the Steelers having to weather two short games, especially since the style of play for the Steelers is we're just going to bash your faces in with our own faces. Did you read the article by Mike Florio? Maybe this is a wider spread rumor than I than I know, but apparently the Steelers are one of eight teams to oppose late season schedule flexing. Yeah. Six of those complainers ended up with two Thursday night games. That's hilarious. Shout I, out. I, I, or we'll <laughs> teach you a lesson. It's a CH. It's a shout out. It's so... <laughs> Yeah, there's no way that the that the NFL did that on, on purpose to the Steelers to teach them a lesson. They the Steelers standing is just far too good. The the Steelers brand is also far too good. So that's why they get the the Thursday night games, right? Because Amazon, there has been a push this year. Bezos was not happy with the absolute dog crap games that they got over the last year. So if you look at the Thursday night schedule, it's bigger drawing teams. The Steelers are one of those teams, no matter how good they are. Same with the Patriots actually have quite a few night games. I think like the Steelers and Patriots and Giants, a couple teams that are that have been middling the past few years, I think they're in the third tier of having the most primetime games in a particular year. So uh, Thursday is actually a more premier spot this year than it has been in years past. And of course, it doesn't surprise me that the Steelers have posted. If you look at all the votes for player safety or integrity of the game over the past years, the Steel Men always stay strong. You can count on the Roonies. Maybe, but the other teams are the Bears, Saints, Commanders, Lions, and Packers. So, those teams are what? What? Thursday, what, what getting is that those list? Thursday, getting the Thursday night games. Getting two of them? Yeah. The Bears are going to be good. Here's my. This is my beef. Where I think it's not fair are seven of the currently scheduled games are not one o'clock on Sunday. That's being a Steelers fan. I know you hate it, and I was listening to McAfee this week. And a little bit to my surprise, they all agreed with you. It's not that surprising because I, I understand. I'm with you. It just throws off your whole schedule, and then you can't freaking sleep because they go too late. But I love the night games are cooler. Night games are better, and Steelers win more of them. So this is actually a schedule quirk that will help the Steelmen. Yeah, it's kind of selfish because you're right. It's just ups upsetting the schedule. It is I mean, you, you wanna you don't want to complain about you know being cooped up in the house on a beautiful day and. With the right. offense scoring six points and end up losing the game, that's what I really hate. But um, yeah, I will have. When to, they I score six flex. points at night, it's more. It's been more watchable because they score six points and then Kenny leads them to a touchdown drive with thirty seconds left and they win, and so there's some excitement at least. And you know, it's a Tomlin team. That one p.m. window, they don't, it's not big time enough for them. You can't even get them on stage till half an hour after set time's supposed to start. So I'll take it. So only one Monday night game comes in week two. That's kind of a bummer because we got to wait eight days for that second game. We're going to our appetites are going to be wet, and we're going to be salivating. We're going to have to we're going to have to learn some patience this year. Yeah, I don't know how much this this literally works this way, but I I, I think that what I'm about to say is true, just based off of players speaking on podcasts. But when you play a quote unquote physical team like the Steelers are a physical team, Ravens, Niners, when you play them, I. I wonder if you are more sore for a longer time than when you play another team. My instinct would say it's an NFL game. Like, I don't know how much more sore you could get, but I think you could probably check this, the stat book and just see, well, there's 30% more run plays in this game versus that game. So that's people smashing into each other. So I, I, 
maybe it's a, a good thing that the Steelers get an extra day uh, after they bash the Niners' faces. In. Yeah, and and if uh, projections are true that the Steelers are going to be you know emphasizing the run game more so this year. Well, I I'm, I agree. It's it's a futile exercise, somewhat like the mock draft, early mock drafts, to go through this and project uh, the final record. But let's do it. Let's do it. Well, also the mock drafts are they? Are they? The college season wasn't even over. Joey Porter's going to the Steelers. Who did the Steelers get? Joey Porter. Hey, they're going to look at Broderick Jones. Who did the Steelers get? Broderick Jones, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett. James Washington, it's, yeah, list goes on. I want you to yeah. tell them, I want you to look at the guys who are doing mocks for 2024 and let's see how many of those, because they are coming out now. All right, so here's what we're going to do. In the first four, I'm going to look at this real quick. Boom, the first five, let's do that, because that's the bye week. San Francisco, Steelmen are going to, I really think they have a good chance to win that game, honestly. But I'm going to say they lose to that. I'm going to say they win the next four. Cleveland, Vegas, Houston, Baltimore. Then they get the bye, then they play. Keep track of this, Dad, please. I'm not a math guy, so that's four and one, right? Bye week. Rams definitely winning that. Jaguars, that's going to be tough, but it's in Pittsburgh. Revenge, they're going to win that. They're going to beat the Titans. They're going to beat the Packers. They're going to beat the Browns. They're going to lose to the Bengals. They're going to beat the Cardinals. They're going to beat the Patriots. They're going to beat the crap out of the Colts, and they're going to lose to the pa- The Steelmen are going to win the Super Bowl. All right. I, I think that the Steelers are going to finish... Two games over 500. It's hard to memorize these records now, right? So what are they? What What is it? Uh, 17 games, right? So 9 and 8, 10 and 6, 11. No, I think they'll go 10 and 6. All right. There you have it. I think it's going to – I think the Steelers are one of the more – is that a record? 10 and 6. You can't no, go you 10 gotta, and 6. No, you got to – you need uh... – It's brutal. They're going to go 10 and 7. 10 and 7. All right. Yeah. So I do think the Steelers are in spectacular position for this next year. I think that they've done an amazing job building. And I think the Steelers of this year will be like the Tennessee Titans of the past few years, excluding last year, in terms of like, it's a boring team to the national audience. But when you just add up the number of badasses they have and how they can drag you down into a barn fight and the fact that the, the schedule has broken favorably with the Steelers getting the AFC South on their draw... And then I believe they got, what, the NFC? Who did they get in the NFC? The, the West, right? That, that's, tr- that's not that bad. That's a fortuitous draw. Those, some of those teams are rebuilding. Rams, Cardinals, Packers are rebuilding. They get the Packers. So I do think that the Steelers will surprise people. And it might not be sexy. It won't be sexy. But I just think when you look at the players on the field, the national media is going to say, okay, well, Kenny Pickett, we all like him, but he's... He's an afterthought in the quarterback conversation. It doesn't matter. The Steelers are going to bash your score. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email with your record projection at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Just tweet it to us. Okay, bye-bye. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.